Welcome to the Love Anarchy Podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, and love specialist here today with the millennial male in the series of Generation Love. This may be the end of the series, but I'm thinking about maybe getting a group of Zs together, um, but we'll see how that goes. But finally, finding a male millennial who was excited and willing to be on the podcast. So before I introduce today's guests, let's talk a little bit about the millennials, the wise the Echo Boomers. They're born approximately between 1981 and 1996. There is some fluidity with it. And they also say if you're born anywhere from 1977 to 1980, you are a cusper. So that means you would be millennial and X. But Our guest today is 1996, so he's actually a Z and millennial Cutsper. So again, Gen Y, Echo Boomers, Digital Natives. This generation came from a group uh, that was really influenced by rapid technological advances. Mobile phones, the internet, email digital photos, and much more. Information, fast, fast, fast. The millennials also had some key influences, like the Columbine school shooting, Y2K, the terrorist attack on September 11, 2001, and Facebook's birth the adoption to social media. Also influenced by their families, especially the Great Recession in 2008, kind of before some of them launched. In many countries, including the U.S., millennials are the largest generation in the workforce and the marketplace. Right now, in 2022, millennials are entering the time of wealth accumulation and starting their families. Today, I'd like to welcome our special guest, Cole Mose. He's actually born in 1996, so he is literally on the edge and very cuspy when it comes to Z and millennials, but he really considers himself a millennial. He was described by the friend that referred him to me as a farm boy meets hippie. And he's never heard himself described that way, but he feels like it really fits. He feels very unique in having been raised by a single mom um, who really, really helped him get in touch with his emotions and really encouraged him to be authentic and to speak his mind and really use emotions as a navigational tool. Without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest, Cole Mose. Well, welcome, Cole. 
welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, thank you for being on. We were just talking about how difficult it was to get female boomer and a male millennial. So I so appreciate you being on so I can kind of wrap up the series. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it was kind of good timing for me. I mean, you know, I kind of just been through um, a little bit of a heartbreak situation, you know, so it's, it almost felt uh, therapeutic to kind of re- reflect on kind of my my love story, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that and that was going to be my next question. What motivated you to be on? Um, I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm a very, very people person. I like talking. I have a lot of stories and I, I think I have a lot of um, interesting thoughts and opinions that uh, I'm kind of, kind of curious to get out there, I guess, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's really important for men of any ages to start listening to other men because it hasn't been, especially in my generation X and especially in the boomers, you know, not telling their story, not being honest about it and, you know, feeling like they had to hide things. But it doesn't sound like that's where you come from. No, um, I think I'm, uh, to be honest, I don't listen to a lot of men myself either. I'm lucky to have friends now that I listen to and they'll tell their their story to me. But I've always felt more connected to women. I think that's just part of how I grew up. Um, My mom was my primary caregiver growing up. And uh, um, I think one thing that really helped me that stuck with me is uh, she never accepted, I don't know. If I was ever having a feeling, I don't know, it was never an option. It was always, let's process that. Let's get to it. What are we, what are we, what are we really thinking about here? Yeah. So you owe your unique perspective to being raised by your mother. I believe so. Yeah. I think it really, really was a major influence on me for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my, my parents split when I was two, so I was really too young to know it. Mom got custody, you know, when I was younger, it was always shared time between them. But, um, my dad, I and mean, he's, he was a farmer. He was busy on the farm, kind of in that traditional kind of male, you know, masculine role, I guess to say, and wasn't always great with the, the feelings, connections aspect. And mom was always really good about that. Mm-hmm. So. My friend who, our mutual friend who referred you to the podcast um, describes you as a part farm boy, part hippie. <laughs> and I, I hadn't heard that till she said it. And it, yeah, it makes me laugh because it's, it's so true. And I feel like it, it seems, uh, I don't know. So like just touching the service of what it is, but it's so accurate at the same time. So tell us your story. Um, well, yeah, I mean, like I said, you know, parents split when I was two, um, you know, and then my dad ended up re- remarrying when I was around six. Um, that's kind of an interesting family dynamic because, uh, my, my dad, I think tried to replace my mom with my stepmom in a way, you know, you kind of think he wanted custody me back and there's kind of like some you know, court stuff going on there. So it didn't always feel looking back on it in the moment. I never realized this, but looking back on it, never felt the most genuine situation, but, um, so he got remarried, uh, kind of dealt with a lot of stuff there. Um, and then when I was around eight, my mom got remarried and we ended up moving out here to Colorado. I was born in Minnesota and, uh, moved here to Colorado when I was eight. And, um, my mom was with that gentleman for about a year or two and then they split. And then from there on, I really didn't, didn't know a whole lot about, you know, my mom's dating life. I knew she did, you know, it was probably like a, a barbecue or something I went to like, Hey, this is my friend and we're going to go hang out. But I didn't, I didn't know a whole lot. And, you know, my dad was pretty cemented. He ended up having a, another kid with my, my stepmom. And, you know, until I met my, my stepdad, that was really the only like 
relationship I saw in front of me every day was my stepdad. And I was, Oh, I don't remember how old I was when they met. Um, but yeah, until then it was just kind of, Oh, me kind of living my life with my mom. It was, um, it was really fun for me. You know, I had a really good time being here in Colorado. It was a really cool environment, very different than Minnesota, you know, um, Minnesota can be kind of, you know, the rural area came from a little conservative kind of right end. And then you're out here and you kind of get, you know, more, you know, liberal blues. Like I always feel like I have such an interesting opportunity to learn kind of both sides of how people feel about different situations. And it really, I think helped shape me to what I am. And I really liked that. Yeah. Do you still have a connection with Minnesota? Um, I actually do. Yeah. I have a pretty strong connection. Um, I, I haven't always had the best connection with my dad, but um, I was fortunate that, I put just enough effort in that my uncle really stepped up to the plate and he was like, you know what, you know, I see that you and your dad don't get along, but I'm going to be here for you. I'm going to make sure that you're welcome to the family. And anytime I want to come back to Minnesota, he's my first call. Hey, can you pick me up in the airport every time? Yeah, I'll make it work. We'll find a way, you know? And uh, uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed that. I mean, we've gotten really close over the years and um, you know, I go back there, I try to do like once or twice a year and, you know, he's made a couple trips to, to see me and it's just been, it's been really wonderful having that. Yeah. So you consider yourself more a millennial than a Z, even though you're on the cusp 1996. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, depending on which source you're looking up, you'll see it one way or the other. Yes. And uh, I think I remember the moment where I was really mad about it um, was like when you're hearing all those new, story, new stories about um, Tide Pods and, and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, I don't want to be like Gen Z. You know, I want to be a millennial. <laughs> I always felt I've identified with an, with an older culture anyway. You know, I mean, uh, you know, came from an environment where like, you know, working hard and putting your nose to the grindstone was kind of the way of things. And um I don't know, I just, uh, you know, as much as millennials are supposed to be hip on technology, you know, I can get my way around it, but it's not like I have the newest high-end computer or anything like that. You know, I kind of am happy, uh, happier living in the moment than um, recording things, you know. Like, I, I take a lot of pictures and videos to kind of for my own memories, but they don't always get posted to social media, you know. Like, I haven't been on Facebook in, like, oof months at this point snapchat to directly message people mostly and then instagram is kind of like my uh my uh, um virtual diary per se of hey this is my adventures to the people that you know i have on there and it's a very limited group on there too i go through every couple of years and thin out like yeah i really don't have a connection with this person anymore and i just i'm okay with taking them off you know yeah, I need and the I largest think, yeah and i think you millennials who are like the end of the gen um, have been really more mindful about social media. Well, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it's, yeah, it's cool to have the catalog, but I definitely value just being in the moment. You know, so many people will get caught up, you know, and, you know, recording everything. Like I was just at a concert, you know, last week and, and, you know, half the people there with their phones out and it's like, yeah, but you're just like not here. Like, that present, freaks you know? me out. And then, cause I'm like, people don't move. Like we used to, like, we used to just like close our eyes and you have to keep your eyes open to record. I mean, we would really, and I'd like look at it and I can see the concert through everybody's screen and it's, yep. it's, it's like, wow. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I definitely, I definitely have been making more efforts lately to get away from my phone, you know, like. 
you know, I, I like to go mountain biking and kind of be outdoorsy sometimes. And, and I use my phone for music while I'm doing that, but it's in my backpack on my pack. And I don't really want to like take it out while I'm on my ride. And, you know, I just kind of want to like be more in that moment, you know? Um, I loved it. Um, I love the mountains. Uh, I love the temperature. It's not, uh, not so humid and gross as Minnesota. You know? Um, and I just really like the people out here, you know, I mean, it's kind of become a melting pot, you know, over the years of just so many people from all over, but, um, I actually, uh, lived out here for a period of time and moved to, um, Illinois for about five years. My, uh, my mom and my stepdad, um, his parents were getting older and one of them had gotten sick and died. And, um, his mom was kind of in a similar boat. And so he'd start looking for jobs and ended up finding one. So we moved back, unfortunately, after she had passed. Um, but that was right about the time that my sister was born. He's like, you know what? Hey, like, let's, let's get my family closer to, you know, our daughter, you know, my mom's stepdad's daughter. And so we moved out there. So um, thankfully I'm a, I'm a pretty social person. I mean, I went to a lot of schools out here and just became very good at making friends and, and uh, actually, my one of my, my best friends, I mean, I've been friends with him since my freshman year, effectively high school. The first time we ever met, we sat at a lunch table and I was with a different buddy. And he's like, you're just the most annoying guy ever. And now all these years later, you know, we're the best, bestest friends ever. And we still know each other to this day. Yeah, so my I mean, best friend, my my best friend in college, Rob, annoyed me so bad when I first met him, and then we ended up being best friends in college too. I'm like, you are the most annoying little Italian that I've ever met. <laughs> Isn't that funny how that yeah. works? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the people who get under your skin, right? Those are the people you you keep around a little bit. You know, they get to know you well. Exactly. So, so it sounds like friendships have always really been important to you, then. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, the, the group of friends that I hung out with the closest in high school for about five people still talk to this day. Um, and I mean, they've been there for a lot of my stuff. Like, I mean, I had my, my first real long-term high school relationship, you know, around these people and they got to know, you know, her and us together. And, you know, it was kind of, I don't know, it was kind of those relationships that cracked me up. She was an interesting person. Um, you know, she's the, the first girl I was really serious about, you know, and, and we had a good time and everything, but man, she had some, some funny things. Like, uh, um, she ended up writing like a love story about us at one point. And I was like, Whoa, man, like that seems a little intense for like high school, but like, okay. You know? Um, but I think one of the weirdest things that happened right before we broke up was, um, she wrote me a bunch of letters. Um, it was like, um, like open when you're happy, open when you're sad, open when you're angry. And one of them was like, open if we, if we break up. And I was like, man, that just seems so, so off. And I've been having like feelings of like, maybe, you know, this isn't quite what I was looking for. And I kind of had some interest in a different girl too. And so, yeah, I ended up splitting and I read that letter and I don't remember what it said, but it was, it was really cringy. Like, um, yeah, I ended it with her. And I probably didn't realize at the time, but a lot of it probably was because of this other girl that I had been friends with. And, I'm, really I'm, cool, you know? I'm, I'm surmising that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I ended it. And that was hard. I was, I was supposed to go over to her place or something. And so I ended on the phone, which I wasn't super pumped about. But I was like, well, it'll, it's the best way to kind of, you know, I don't want to like do in front of her family and stuff. And then the next encounter that we're supposed to have. And I'd ended the phone call and I remember sitting in the living room talking to my mom about it. Obviously I was still upset. Like it was still hard to do. And within like 10 minutes of me doing that, she calls me back. And like, she was like, she'd been crying on the phone originally. And when she called me back, she was like, just very like, Hey, I know you broke up. Can we just call it a break instead of a breakup? And I was like, no, like that's not good for either of us. Cause I still have these feelings, you know? 
And she was just so cold about it. And after that, she was very cold to me because, like, you know, we're still in high school. We kind of had some interactions with each other. And, you know, I think we had to return a couple of things. And she was just very, like, kind of stone-faced and cold about it. And, like, uh, and the funny part was um, the girl I was interested in, so was my buddy. So uh, we ended up having a love triangle situation. <laughs> so I was, I took the mature route and I was like, Hey man, you know, we've been hanging out for a lot. I know you have feelings for her. We have, we both have feelings for her. I was like, it's okay if you date her, but just now I have these feelings and I don't expect them to go away. So if you guys ever don't work out, you got to give me the same courtesy I'm giving you like, you know, bro to bro. I'm swooping in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, obviously spoiler alert, you know, they dated for about three months and I was the, you know, I, 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 I believe even, I think even our friends say I was about the best supportive friend I could be. And I was like, man, you got this, you can make it work. And like, she had called me once and was like freaking out because he had surprised her with flowers. And she's like, I'm just getting out of the shower. And he brought over flowers. Like what's wrong with him? And I'm like, shut up. He brought you flowers. Like you should love this, you know? Um, and so they did it for about three months, broke up. And then it was probably like a month or two after that, her and I started dating. And that was, that was in senior year now. Well, in his senior year. And uh, we dated for, yeah, the rest of high school and into the summer. And, and um, yeah, it was, know, it, was, it was fun hanging around her, but I think we were just kind of growing different directions, you know. She had chose to go to college, and I was kind of uh, being a little bit rebellious and didn't want to go the college route and was working a summer job, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. But I knew it wasn't a four-year degree because I just had trouble, you know, had enough trouble making it through high school, you know. I liked being there for the social connection and all that, but didn't want to sit in a classroom all day. So, uh, so were yeah. you, were you in love? Was I in love? I mean, we definitely said the word. Um, and I, I would say, yes. Um, I mean, uh, we had a really good connection. We could always talk to each other really well. I mean, she was, she was the girl, you know, I, I lost my virginity to. Um, and so, yeah, I definitely felt really close with her. And I think that honestly probably made breaking up with her that much harder, you know, when I mean, you get close to people, it's never easy, but I guess I saw it as better for us both at that point, you know, uh, she can go and grow her way and I can go and grow mine. And, and yeah, I had, had and there's a lot of weird feelings too, because my friend who had dated her, him and I had grown apart too during this time. And about the time when her and I broke up, we had started to reconnect and grow back closer. And, you know, I still call him my best friend to this day, fortunately. Oh, wow. Oh, so that was your best friend. That was my, yeah, my best friend. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and you're probably not alone. You're probably not alone with the story. I'm sure it happens. It happens a lot. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we still joke about it to this day. I mean, when he ended up getting married to his wife, I was, you know, one of the groomsmen. She ended up being at the wedding because his wife was now friends with, with what was his ex, you know? Uh, and we had to talk at the wedding. It's like, man, we can just be cool about this now. It's been so long, right? And I was like, yeah, I mean, no hard feelings, you know, it's just whatever, you know, I mean, weren't really friends, but it's like, you know, there's no reason to be upset at each other anymore. So this is kind of, kind of a cool evolution of that, you know, I mean, a lot of years in between all these events, but it was kind of a cool experience, I guess, to go through all those steps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after her, I was kind of single for a while. And, you know, I always had interest in girls here and there. Um, ended up moving back out here to Colorado because I was like, man, I just miss, miss the environment out here. You know, I miss, miss kind of the adventure that Colorado offers. And I was tired of Illinois being all dark and gloomy and humid and hot and all that. Um, and those first couple of years back, uh, it was pretty... Um, it's pretty hard for me, um, you know, because I didn't, I didn't, wasn't in school. 
Um, I just had a job. I was working night shift too, which was, is kind of terrible for social networking. So I didn't really make a whole lot of friends. I kind of had a little bit here and there. Uh, my mom actually ended up um, being like, hey, I have a coworker who's single and she's mad that all her friends are in relationships and have kids and need someone to hang out with. So her and I became close and go to movies and stuff all the time. That was really cool. Um, and then, yeah, I ended up um, working this job where I was traveling all the time. And I met a girl um, and I was like, man, she's really cool. You know, I met her coming back from a trip. She was coming back from the airport and I ended up, um, you call it, you call it creepy, I guess, but she had talked enough in the car about herself that I knew that she was a dancer. She was an Irish jig dancer. Oh yeah. And I was like, there can't be very many of those around you. You know, I didn't ask her for her number or anything in the car. I was like, there can't be many of those girls around here. So I looked up like dance studios and ended up finding her dance studio and got her Facebook and messaged her there. And I was like, hey, sorry if this is a little weird, but I thought we had a really good time. Would you like to go have lunch sometime? And she said yes. And so, which is hard with my schedule because I was always gone, you know, for two weeks at a time. Um, but we ended up meeting up and we kind of, you know, got along really well. And like, well, you know, keep hanging out and see where this goes. And, you know, we, I think we dated for you know, two, three months. And I'd end up quitting that traveling job. Maybe, maybe she was a little bit of a reason of that, you know, but there's a lot of other stuff going on too. And then when I was around all the time, it was like, that was too much time for her. You know, she liked it when I was around and or not around and busy and off kind of doing whatever. And then I was around all the time and she's like, Oh no, this isn't going to work for me. And then she, she broke up with me, which I mean, I've, I've done more breaking up with than getting broken up with. So I was like, Oh man, that sucks. Like that was, that was tough. Um, but I was like, you know what? Like, I'm still happy with the way I'm progressing through life right now. And, and uh, I think I'd been talking with my, uh, my buddy's uh, girlfriend about all this the whole time. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I got along with her pretty well. And they ended up um, splitting it up. And her and I kept talking. We're like, yeah, we can be friends just because, you know, you and my buddy split up. No big deal. Well, then her and I started to have love of interest oh, together. Oh, second time. <laughs> second see. time. Yeah, I think I had to learn the first time, but no. <laughs> and I assumed that all millennials and Zs met each other on Tinder or, mm -hmm. you know, or, you know, any of the other data hinge. You know, you know, I made those assumptions and then I hear the problems that people have, like all in all ages with online dating. Yeah, I've only I've only really been on one Tinder date. Um, wow! And I, I, you know, I've been obviously looking for a while at that point, and I'd been messaging this girl. And we ended up deciding to go on a date, and it's kind of funny too because a lot of the girls I've dated have been shorter. I mean, I'm six four, and a lot of my relationships have been girls around like five five four. <laughs> and this girl I went on this Tinder date, she was like six foot, and I was like, man, that's that's kind of cool, you know? Like dated a tall girl, and it was like it was so weird for me to be like you know, around a girl that tall. Like, and you're still four inches taller than her. Exactly. Yeah. But, you know, I kind of, we we'd went to dinner and then we saw a movie and um, I think I had a good time at dinner and at the movie, um, I think I, you know, kind of realized that she maybe wanted to like, you know, me put my arm around her or something like that. And I was like, you know, I'm just not really getting like, like vibes, you know, nothing against her, but I'm like, I just don't really feel as interested in this as maybe I should be. And after the movie, we talked for a while. And I think she was waiting for me again to, you know, maybe hug her goodbye or something like that. I was like, I just, I'm just not feeling, you know, I don't want to put that out there, get her hopes up. And um, 
so after that, a couple of days later, I think we were making plans or she'd wanted to make plans to hang out again. And I was like, Oh no, like, I'm sorry. You know, just not maybe as ready as I thought I am right now, you know, trying to, trying to be nice. And I didn't really know what else to say. You know, cause I didn't really have, have a strong feeling either way about her. It just doesn't doesn't feel right. So yeah, I, I broke it off, and I was really, I mean, my only uh, uh, Tinder dating experience in the real world. I'd message other girls and stuff, but she was the first one I ever met up with. So. Yeah. So by this time too, like, what was your perception of love and relationships? Um, I knew I knew that I, um, you know, wanted to be in a relationship. But I've always, I always felt like. I had a lot of love to give. I always felt like, um, you know, I was good in relationships, maybe, maybe more mature than my partners. Um, you know, um, but I know I really, I really enjoy kind of having that person to, to be there with and kind of get through stuff with, you know, I mean, someone to share time with, you know, and, and, um, yeah, so I was really, I was really craving that. And I think I've craved that for a long time, really. Um, and, yeah, I was really just kind of excited to just, I don't know, you know, I always saw, saw a relationship or like a, a love interest relationship, romantic relationship as like just a, a friendship on a new level, you know? So. Yeah. And what did you think of your mom and your stepdad's relationship? Um, I always really enjoyed it. Um, so they're, they're very similar people, um, which I always found fascinating. Um, I mean, they have a lot of similar interests, but I always loved um, how they argued um, like, you know, not like, Oh, I'm, I'm mad at you, but like, like the playful, like disagreement stuff, like it always cracked me up seeing them interact like that. And, and uh, you know, sometimes it would kind of come around to me and they'd, you know, pick on me or, or whatever, you know, but and they just, they always, they always just clicked so well together. And that, uh, that really just kind of inspired me to find someone who I could just be, be playful like that with, you know, I always loved seeing that, you know, it was, uh, it was just so fun. I was curious on how much that their relationship impacted how you saw yourself. I think it, I think it did a lot. I mean, I've been in, um, I've, I've done a therapy a couple of times over the years. Um, and I've talked about it with my therapist and they're like, well, what's, what's your idea of your, an ideal relationship. And they're usually the first one that comes to mind. You know, I mean, it's just, I think that's what I base my cornerstone of, what I should be looking at, you know, like, um, I've, you know, made lists of, of what I should be looking for in a partner. And I used to call it, um, the girl, but now I've started calling it my mirror because I feel like a partner should be on some level reflection of myself. You know, they're not going to be the same thing, but something close. Oh yeah. All relationships are mirrors and the closer, the more intimate relationships we have, the more it mirrors back our stuff. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely, uh, I don't, some, some about them just, just clicked. I don't know. It's so great, you know, and seeing them, you know, even, you know, raise my sister, it always is interesting to do, you know, you know how you were brought up and then, you know, she just, uh, but I was 14 when she was born. Um, so there's pretty good age difference between us and I grew up an only child and it's funny to see her grow up with them, you know, together all the time. And, uh, um, I always liked my stepdad because he would kind of bring reason to my mom sometimes. You know, she'd be a little, a little protective about things like, no, I want to go to go to the amusement park with my friends. And mom's like, I don't know, that's a good idea. A bunch of kids driving a car together. And my stepdad's like, 
they only live once, you know, let them go have a good time. They'll be responsible. You know, you, you've raised your kid right. He has good friends. Let him go have fun, you know, so. So she sided, brought, he sided with you sometimes. He would, he some, would advocate yeah. for you. He would. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. Yeah. He was, I really, I really uh, liked when he came into my life for a lot of reasons. Um, but that was definitely one thing that was nice was, uh, yeah, he kind of let me go kind of run off and be a little bit more freer than my mom would have liked, you know I mean? You know, I knew she loved me and was just caring about me, but sometimes she, she put her foot down about stuff and be like, really? Like, come on. I'm like, that's kind of, Oh silly, gosh, you know? only children. It's like, yes. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I definitely, I definitely got a lot of no's from mom and then she'd, she'd go talk with my stepdad and he'd be like, and then she'd come back and she'd like, all right, talk to us, you know? Your stepdad, I guess, I guess we can, we can, we can make that work. That'll be all right. You know, because <laughs> otherwise she'd have been like, I need a plan. I need dates. I need to know who you're there with, how long you're And it's like, oh my goodness. Like we can't, you're talking to those teenagers. You want to plan out that well? I don't think so. So. Yep. And how did you feel when your sister came into the family dynamic? Um, I was pretty excited about it actually for a lot of reasons. Um, one, I thought it'd be fun to just have a younger sibling because I grew up by myself. I guess that's not entirely true. My stepdad did have um, three kids of his own uh, when he met my mom, um, and my stepmom was the same, had other siblings, but I wasn't really close with any of them. But I was like, yeah, man, a younger sister, that means one, it's cool, you know, I can have someone to pick on sometimes, and two, maybe mom will stop freaking out about me so much I was and just have someone else that. to focus on. <laughs> And it, it definitely, definitely is true. I mean, you know, um, uh, she definitely didn't get any, um, less like mommy, you know, with the second kid, you know, still very protective, still, you know, all those typical mom things that you think would get easier with the second kid. Now it just got worse with her. You know, well, just, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, you know, maybe it's cause she was a girl. I don't know, but yeah, I was, cracked up i'm like like mom would let me ride the front seat of the car when i was a kid and my younger sister couldn't and uh um i would i would always joke with mom like i'm gonna tell her i'm gonna tell her that i was riding the front seat at her age and she's like don't you dare don't you dare do it (laughs) so that was always fun for me (laughs) that must be what a perspective you know being 14 and then have you know raised as an only child and then having a sibling yeah i mean it's it's a very unique experience because i mean you know, I mean, I still lived at home for quite a few while in my young 20s, you know, and so like I got to see a fair amount of her growing up, you know, I mean, I think I, I lived apart for about a year before I moved back. My parents moved back to Colorado before I did. And but other than that, yeah, I mean, I lived at home that entire time, you know, so yeah, I've been around for like the first 10 years of her life, effectively. So, yeah, it was really, really kind of cool just to see. You know, and then and I started making like little mental notes like when I have kids, I'm not gonna be like that, I'm not gonna be like you know, like, that's when I really started to like start thinking about how I'd be as a parent. You know, I've always oh, wanted no, to be. Oh no, but dad, oh, can but, I tell you what happens? You hear stuff come out of your mouth and you're like, Oh, I promised I'd never say that. Uh, <laughs> I've heard that before too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I heard like I'm like used to get me so mad when my mom was would say to me, she's like, because I said so. And then the first time it came out of my mouth, I just stopped and said, oh, my gosh. The buddy's girl who I dated, um, we had kind of tried to make it happen. It didn't really work out because she was from Illinois. I was living in Colorado. And so we kind of had a thing for a couple of months. She came to visit. And then after that visit, I was like, well, like, I don't think we can do the long distance thing. Well, then you fast forward two years later, we kind of reconnected again. 
And at that point, we got more serious and she ended up moving out and she moved out here for me and lived with me. And I think we lived together like seven, eight months or something like that. Okay. And I just got to a point where I was like, man, this just isn't right. You know, I was, I was in a place where I hadn't had much luck dating. You know, I felt a lot of comfort in knowing who she was, where she came from. I'd gotten to a place where I realized that it wasn't going to work for us. And I'd been in therapy at the time. And I'd worked through it with my counselor and I was like, okay, I need to break up with her. And I was like, this is going to be hard because we're living together. She lives out here for me. And I was like, I need, need to do this to move forward. And so I did. And it was really hard for me. And it was really super hard for her. Um, but we got through that. And then I kind of spent like this next, you know, about year after that, really figuring out, you know, you know, I went over our relationship a lot, really tried to work on myself. And so when I entered this new relationship with this girl, I was like, man, I do a lot of things different. You know, I don't, didn't know who she was, which I thought would be really cool um, to like kind of relearn who a girl is. And I was like, man, I can like work on all these things that I wasn't happy about in my last relationship. You know, so I really took it as an opportunity to not necessarily reinvent myself, but to be more myself, you know, to be more open and real and genuine with her. And Authentic. I was, do- exactly. Yeah. And I did that. And, um, man, that just makes it all hurt worse, doesn't it? Yeah. it? Well, yeah, it does and it doesn't because you can be in a relationship and lose yourself or feel like you can't express parts of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that feels lonely. But then also the vulnerability of finally, like, I'm just going to be totally me. And then feeling mm-hmm. like that's rejected is hard. Yeah. Yeah. And it it was definitely one of those things where, I mean, looking back on it, um, you know, the love I was giving wasn't reciprocated in the proper way. So I just kind of ended up falling for who she was, you know, like we had similar interests and I I liked, you know, kind of where she was moving with her life and the things she was into and like, just like little things. And it took took a lot of time um, while we were going on dates and hanging out to really just appreciate little moments. You know, I felt like in a lot of my previous I was in pushing, you know, especially as a teenager, you know, boys, boys always want sex, right? I was no different, you know? And so I just really just kind of sat back and I was like, man, like she's got a cute smile. I mean, her laugh is really sweet. Or, you know, you sitting there watching a movie and just, you know, cuddling with each other and it's like, oh man, this moment is really great. You know, I've never really done that in a relationship. There was a situation where she had a friend coming to town actually, uh, who they'd maybe been, you know, friends of benefits with whenever we had that talk. And so like, I got like really into my head and kind of overthinking all this and we get past that weekend. And, um, I can't remember if we were supposed to hang out or, or not, but, um, I wanted to, to talk to her about this. So I ended up having calling her and we had a conversation it didn't really go super right. Well, ended me with me being, you know, pretty emotional about stuff that I just hadn't had the opportunity to talk to her about, you know? And, but, you know, a couple of days after that, she messaged me and she goes, Hey, can you come over? I wanted to talk. And then she was like, well, you know, I think I, you know, don't want to, don't think we should see each other anymore. You know, and she wasn't sure where she was at. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah. I was like, but we have this concert coming up in a couple of weeks. Um, you know, I, you know, I still want you to come, you know, I still wanted her to go and have a good time. Um, and she's like, okay, yeah. And so I was like, okay, let's go. You know, she says friends, no expectations. And I guess a part of me, you know, was optimistic about it and was like, you know, I've always considered myself a, uh, a hopeless romantic. So I was like, maybe, you know, the, the couple of weeks of kind of not really talking as much, not really being around each other as much, you know, maybe she'll, she'll come back around. Right. 
But I was like, you know, whatever, we'll go to this concert. So that day, you know, we had gotten a cabin close to the concert and we'd been drinking and smoking and uh, we had adjusted some, some mushrooms, <laughs> which would have been a good time for the concert. But we get there and I realized that she was there with, um, wasn't there per se with somebody else, but was being like very flirty and into another guy that was at the concert. And so, you know, being as I was kind of in this very alleviated state, I started having a lot of feelings, very intense feelings. And I just got to a point where I was like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how serious this was, how serious it wasn't. I was like, you just brought another person in front of me after we had had this time together, you know? And so I just didn't like, didn't like that, that person anymore, you know? So yeah, you want to, you want to go through some serious feelings, uh, you know, sadness, anger, just pain, hurt, you know, I mean, the, the, the feelings I was having in this, you know, very public environment were so intense and I just didn't want to be there, you know, but, uh, we grow in discomfort. Right. So I just suffered through it. Um, you know, my friends are still into it. And when she ended up leaving, that was when I really had a good time for the rest of the concert. So yeah, I, I blocked her on, you know, the, I think we only run like Instagram. So I've walked around there and blocked her text messages. Cause it's like, I just don't, just don't need that. Um, and then I realized that I was uh, becoming optimistic about, oh, maybe she did text me, you know? So then I unblocked her on text messages and I haven't gotten a single one back. And it's like, oh man, I needed that so much more. You know, I needed, needed to know that she didn't actually, didn't actually care like I did. If she had made a mistake, she would have at least talked things through. You know, I, I always like to talk things through. I'm very, I've been very pushy about it in most of my relationships, you know, like feelings need to be explored and just have my mom to thank for that, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, I hear some people say they would struggle with not having closure. Are you okay with that? As much as I would like to go to her for closure, I've, I tried that before. You know, with my living girlfriend, I tried to talk a few things out. And it just seems like you can say you can say whatever, but it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the answer that you want. You know, or even can even trust what the other person's saying if you do get them to talk to you. You know, so... I think closure has to come from a different place. You know, you have to get I, there I yourself. Agree. I agree. Yeah. And that's what I hear a lot of people say, but I'm like, but during those conflictual times, are people really being honest? And it's really closure within yourself. And if it's okay, from my therapeutic perspective, I think you finally being authentic felt really good. And really having your heart open felt really mm -hmm. good, but maybe she was just the wrong person to do it with. Yeah, no, I agree. I have a, I have a very close friend um, who I think she's very, very similar to I am as far as like just who we are as people and emotions. And before this, it all went down and I'd have a conversation. She's like, she's like, I know you put yourself out there. I know you've been doing all these things and you've really been trying your hardest to just be who you should be, you know? And she's like, so if this ends south, she's like, don't close yourself off. You know, don't, don't become a wall. Don't, don't think you can't, can't have love again. You know, I had a, had a really good therapy session after all this happened. And um, what my therapist told me, she's like, you're in your twenties. So like, this is all data collection. You know, you're, you're learning, you know, you had your list of what you thought a girl should be. And this girl checked everything off. Right. And I was like, yep. And she's like, well, obviously your list isn't good enough, you know, cause I'd expressed that I felt like I was being like too picky. Like I was like making it like, you know, check boxes instead of feelings, you know? And she's like, well, 
you made the list. She, you thought she met everything and obviously she still wasn't right. So she's like, keep working on the list. Keep, keep thinking about what you're looking for. I definitely want to do that again, but it's like, okay, maybe I'll, uh, maybe not do it so quickly, you know, you know, kind of get a feel for, for a person where they're at, you know, cause as much as I know where I'm at, that's really the hard part, right. Is knowing where they're at. It's a very difficult time that unease time, like where you don't know exactly where you stand with the person or you don't have a label for the relationship. I think for everybody, that's a really uncomfortable time to stay vulnerable and open and be open to whatever comes down the road. As much as I like progressing past that into, oh yeah, we're together. Like when you're really trying to kind of figure a person out and learn about them and, and figure out how they are, like, I don't know, it's just so, so fun sometimes. It can be stressful and full of emotions and, you know, I'm a chronic overthinker myself. So it can be hard at times, but it's also super exciting. That's kind of where the reward comes. How, yeah. how, what do you think you learn from this relationship? Um, I think, I think I learned a lot about, um, it's, it's, I mean, it's not always about what I can put into it. Like, I feel like being as, you know, I had two pretty serious girlfriends where they'd been my friends, um, you know, exes, you know, I kind of knew how they were, knew what they, what they liked, things like that. Um, and I didn't know that, you know, with this, this new situation. And so I think I learned that, yeah, you definitely, definitely got to pick up on, where they're at you know like you you know even if they seem like for the type of person that you'd be into are they ready for what you're willing to provide you know yeah and And at the beginning um, of relationships too we want to see where they match in the list and we want to see where they're a good fit for us Mm -hmm. and we try to put our best foot forward when trying to match with somebody in the same with wanting to see that other person as a match. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think one thing that kind of got uh, a little too big headed about was uh, um, she had expressed that, you know, she'd had some, some rough relationships and hadn't always dated the best guys. And I'm just like, well, I'm, I'm a good guy, you know, <laughs> I'm a good guy. I can be, I can be better than your, your previous relationships, you know? So I, I, I think I had a mind or not say mindset, but definitely a couple thoughts of, um, well, it's going to, it's going to be different for her because I can provide her something that she hasn't had a lot of, you know? And I thought that would kind of get us closer to the same, same place. Yeah. You know? But sometimes it makes people uncomfortable if they're, uh, if, yeah. yeah, it makes them uncomfortable if that's not what they're used to and it feels foreign to have somebody care and dote on them and be there for them. So um, in this, you know, journey that I've been on specifically in the last, you know, probably three years of my life, um, I started trying to read more books. Um, Like, uh, you know, what you heal, you can feel is great. Like learning about love languages and kind of having to get through relationships and stuff. Um, But right now I'm trying to read a book called um, letting go, you know, I'm trying to, trying to, you know, get through a lot of these feelings, you know, so I'm going to let go of of some feelings and try and move through them, you know, not to say that, you know, I'm not trying to repress anything. I'm really trying to allow myself to feel a lot of things right now. I, you know, I've decided to, to go sober for a while, you know, no drinking, no smoking, because I didn't want to mask, you know, the feelings I'm having, you know, I wanted to really just kind of let them all out. And uh, the next book that I plan on reading after letting go is um, about attachment styles, you know, so I can, oh, I can yeah, learn that's, how to, that's how to love hot again. right now. Yep. 
<laughs> so yeah, well, and that's really what I'm exactly that. thinking of attachment styles in the last relationship. I'm like, I think you're going to get a lot of insight there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely, I definitely think so too. Yeah, I think it'll be, it'll be really interesting because I was, I knew, I known about love languages from what you hear, you can feel. And what's great about that book actually is it helped me deal with a lot of relationships outside of a romantic one, you know, like, like friendships and coworkers and stuff. You can like, it's almost like a, like a cheat code, you know, like I had problems with one coworker and I learned what his attachment style was and I played into it a little bit and it made our situation at work a lot easier. It's really like the more I learn about it, the more fascinating I find it all, you know, it's just so interesting how complex we all are and you never get taught anything. You, know, you have to go out and find this information and learn it, you know? I know. I, th- I think that we should be taught like interpersonal skills. I think they're so important starting in junior high. I mean, it would save so much conflict if we learn how to communicate and we mm-hmm. actually know about boundaries and, you know, and etiquette on how to, you know, hold space for other people. I think it would be brilliant. Oh, I think it would be insane. Yeah. Yeah. Drop a couple math classes, right. And teach me about how my brain works, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and how to re and how to interrelate with other people. The person who loves to communicate, that's definitely my, my circle is people who can communicate back. Mm-hmm. Um, and even people who can do that struggle, you know, I mean, I live when living with roommates, my close friends right now, and you know, if there's a problem, sometimes we're a little hesitant to talk about it. You know, we don't want to, don't want to rile each other up or get each other frustrated. You oh, know? conflict. It's like a conflict avoidance and looking perfect. It's yeah. Those are the two um, pit, pitfalls these days. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking perfect. Well, that's, that's kind of, you know, kind of circling back to social media. That's kind of one of the problems that I personally have with social media is the the perfection that people can put out there, you know, and I mean, I do it myself too. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it's like how, you know, you can, especially in dating, you know, you can, you can be interested in the person, get their social media. You see this version of somebody, well, that's not, that's not who they are. That's just the best parts of them that they're putting out there, you know? So you don't really get a good feeling of who they are. And that was something that um, when I started um, dating this last person, um, all we had was was texting. You know, we had a mutual friend. She had come over to a party. We had a mutual friend had gotten her number from. And that's all we did was text. And I thought about asking for this stuff, but I was like, you know, I kind of just want to like just talk to her. I just want to, you know, figure out who she is kind of on my own and hanging out with her and stuff. So it was a good couple of weeks in our relationship before we ever got each other's Instagrams. And, and I don't, I really don't me. believe messaging and texting is real communication. I'm like, it's really hard to know somebody. And it seems like you're really in tune with like people's energy too. And I mean, yeah, in this moment, looking back, it's like, man, we should have done more of that that communication in person, you know, like well, you're, we, you learned, you learned a lot from this very short relationship, didn't you? Oh yeah. Yeah. And I think a big part of that was just how much I put myself out there, you know? I mean, yeah, it, it, uh, it caused more suffering in the end, but man, I think, I think the rewards from it will be so, so great. You know? And, and the more you do that, the quicker you'll get a real response back to you and it's not personal, you know, it's not necessarily personal, but then the right person you'll know will step up too and right. be and reciprocate how you're giving too. Well, that's kind of, you know, back with, you know, I was talking about with making the lists, you know, calling it my mirror is I love that. Um, 
I'm just trying to be, I'm trying to be the person I'm trying to attract, you know, uh, I'm, I'm a firm believer in not necessarily perfection, but betterment, you know? So I, I always say to myself, I'm like 1% better, you know, you can do 1% better every day. You know, you're, you're never trying to get to a hundred. That's not, that's not the goal, you know, but there's always just a little bit more. But then on the flip side, um, I read a book called The Four Agreements. Um, and oh, I love, last, I love oh, him. Ruiz, yes. Fantastic book. I, I almost want to go back and reread it. It was so good. Um, but the last chapter is titled Do Your Best and how your best is different day to day and even moment to moment. You know, Just because you went for a 10-mile bike ride yesterday doesn't mean you should be expected to do that today. If you only have five in you today, then just do five. You know, Getting better isn't always doing better than the day before. I love That's kind that. of where, where my mindset is. So, you know, it's been about a, a week since all this happened, you know, so it's still it's super fresh. fresh, but, um, yeah, I feel like talking about it helps a lot. You know, like I said, reflecting on this helps a lot. And then, yeah, just trying not to, not to hide myself. You know, I feel like when I was living with that, that girl for, you know, the eight months, nine months, um, there was a period of time where I was struggling with my feelings and I didn't know how to express them. And so I'd come home from work and I'd, you know, smoke a bowl of weed and I'd go take a shower. That was like my routine for like a couple of weeks. And I was in the shower one day and I remember just having this thought of, oh man, I'm going to have to marry this girl. Like that's, that's the way this relationship has to go. And then I talked about it with my therapist and kind of got through it and she's like, no, you can always, you can always get out. It's going to be hard, you know? But the yeah. right things always are the hardest. We think we're stuck, but it's avoiding it's avoiding the hard things. It's avoiding the conflict, but mm-hmm. it's important for you. Because, yeah, can you imagine? I'm like, how many people do that because they're like, well, I'm already in it. You know, mm-hmm. what else am I going to do? So Yeah. No, I mean, that was, that's, that's the, I think that was the truest form of love, too, was with her, was, um, you know, I still cared for her, so I can care enough for both of us to do this for us, I think. And that's that's hard for a lot of people to do, too, is caring so much about yourself and another to, to do that hard thing. Yep. But when it comes down to it, you have to choose you first. Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, thank you, Cole, for sharing your story. I think it's going to inspire um, a lot of male listeners out there um, and... I appreciate your your being vulnerable and your excitement in sharing it. Oh yeah, thank you. I mean, it was it was, it was really fun actually to just kind of get it out there, you know. <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks so much. And thank you, listeners, for listening in with us on the Love Anarchy podcast in the Relationship Rebellion, where we get deep about love, relationships, and dating. I'm your host, Andrea Atherton, love specialist. Signing off today, but before, thanking you from the bottom of my heart for listening in with us, because I know you have a myriad of podcasts that you can listen to. Don't forget to tell your friends about the podcast and hit the bell, like, subscribe, so you can support the podcast. And if you'd like to join the Love, Anarchy, and Relationship Rebellion community, you can find us on Facebook Love Anarchy Podcast. I'd like to leave you with my favorite short but sweet quote, love is the only true power.